Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today is September 22nd, which means we got some Civic news, the Civic hatchback pricing, some RDX news, which really isn't news. Honda made a passport or updates to the passport. Ford made some updates to their Expedition. And of course, the brand new Toyota Tundra. But first, let's talk about the Civic hatchback. So for 2022, well, that's not the hatchback. There it is. Um, of course, the Civic hatchback is coming out. We know that. Um, but there's some information that was released that I found quite interesting. Um, so really, what it came down to was the pricing. Um, and the pricing I'm going to quote here is all Canadian pricing. So the base LX model with the manual transmission, because you can get it with the manual on the hatchbacks, actually you can get manual for every single trim, which is actually kind of cool, mm. um, is 28000 Canadian dollars. If you opt the CVT, same price, 28000 Canadian, 28000 Canadian dollars. If you compare it to the Sedan, it's $24,465, which means if you get a hatch, it's $3,500 more. And that goes with the exact same thing as you go down the lineup. So the LX, the Sport and Sport Touring in Canada here is $3,500 to $4,700 That's more. That's $4,700 more than the sedan. I thought in the States it was less than $2,000 more. It depends. Yeah, it depends on the trim. It was like two to thirty five hundred, I think, more. Um, and in the states, you can get an EXL, which we don't get here in Canada. So mm. in the states, you get LX Sport, EXL, then Sport Touring. Um, here we is we just get the LX Sport and Sport Touring. Um, and for the first time in the hatch, you get the base two liter as well. So the LX is no longer the 1.5 turbo. You get the standard two liter that's on the sedan. So the K20 that makes 158 mm -hmm. horsepower, I think it was. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a little bit of a downgrade comparing to the previous years in terms of power wise, but I'm sure you're getting it elsewhere in terms of like just, you know, the overall refinement. And $4,000 basically to go up to the hatchback, which I think does not look as good as a sedan this time around. The previous generation, the 10th gen, I was, I added the other way around. I like the hatchback better. Yeah. But the new one, the sedan's got, got smarter looking lines, I feel like. Yeah. There's something about the coupe or hatch, I should really say. Sorry, not the coupe. It doesn't work for me as much. It has now. an overbite. Like, it's especially. Just the overall, the front and rear don't look matched up. If you yeah. look at the sedan, the front and rear, that's one car. The, the hatchback looks like an afterthought on this one. It didn't look like that on the previous one. And and even the, the all three uh, iterations, the coupe sedan and the hatch of the 10th gen, all looked like they were related. This one, the hatch looks slightly... I don't know. It just looks a little bit bizarre. It's a little off. Um, it's a little off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the the rear end styling of the hatch, but mm. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the sedan when I first looked at it in pictures, and then yeah. I saw it in real life. I was like, you know what? That's quite handsome. I think it's the roof line. The roof line just it doesn't look as uh, proportional because it's got a pretty long hood, 
yeah. and a very short rear compared to the sedan. So right, yeah. And how the A pillar, like I think the angle is quite aggressive. Um, like it's pretty straight, and then the roof line is relatively higher as well. And just the, like you yeah. said, the proportion just doesn't make it look the best. But basically four thousand dollars more. It's it's quite a bit more. I mean, you get more practicality out of the hatchback. We know that because hatches generally have bigger trunks uh, than the sedan. And for the 10th gen, if anyone was looking at it, I would say buy the hatch. Don't even bother looking at the sedan because the hatch is overall a better car. It's more practical. And if you get the base model, you get that 1.5, which is a really sweet engine. Um, but now it's like, hmm. You now see, it's what? CRV money. That's that's the problem. Is yeah. this this type of hatchback? You know, uh, it's it's better than a than a, a traditional sedan, but you know, it's you lose a bit of length. It looks like from the rear, and it's still not going to be as practical as a traditional wagon. Or, I mean, <laughs> this is more of a sport back than than a real hatch. Right, this oh. is not a Golf, um, I, or or even a Mazda three, has a more traditional hatch shape than this. This one's got that turtle back. Hmm. I'm just taking a look at the pricing for the CRV. I didn't know you can get a two wheel drive CRV still, but you can oh, get in a, Canada. Yeah, in Canada, uh, for 2022, an LX two wheel drive 2022 CRV is thirty thousand dollars. Um, yeah, so, so apples to bit, apples, it's yeah. a little bit more than the the base Civic hatch and the CRV. You get that one point five. It's got Actually, the better engine, so you, you have to compare 5? it to. Yeah, so you have to compare it to yeah, the uh, the the middle trim, the sport uh, trim, the sport trim hatch, which is then the same price. Um, um, basically, yeah, yeah. If you factor in a CVT, oh, there's no charge for the CVT, eh? There's no charge. Um, yeah. So it's the same price uh, as mm-hmm. a as a front wheel drive CRV, which is is a weird choice in itself. But we're comparing front wheel drive, front wheel drive, yeah. one point five to one point five. The CRV is a lot more practical, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. this is this feels like product planning. Uh, just the pricing just doesn't make sense. No. Uh, and then they're going to go around and be like, ah, people don't like the hatchback because you have a CRV that's a better vehicle because a new CRV is coming pretty soon. Um, we can expect that soon. And I think it will look better than this. Um, uh. <laughs> the, the thing is, okay, so I took a look at the 2021 model of the Civic hatchback. Um, for the 2021 model, you only get two trims. You get the Sport and you get the Sport Touring. Um, you can get it in manual and auto, but it's the same price for manual and auto. Uh, the Sport is 30400 and Sport Touring is 33900 So Sport Touring has definitely gone up in price, um, but the Sport, yeah, Sport has also gone up in price, but you don't get the LX model, so you don't get that base uh, for 2021, anyways, yeah, the base engine is very bad for for basically thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that that car. Um, get get the turbo. Yeah, you can definitely do better. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I think 
Honda, the the entire lineup and just how they have cars right now doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think costs have gone up, and so this, relatively speaking, just is not very competitive. Because like, okay, Mazda three Sport uh, GS trim, the middle one, middle trim yep. with an automatic is twenty seven five. Yeah, like that is that is cheaper than the base model of this. Yeah. Uh, and that has 186 horsepower, two and a half liter engine. Yeah. So uh, to, to me, I would, you know, I'm as much of a Mazda hater as I am. Like it's a nicer <laughs> car. It looks, it looks better inside and out. Um, maybe you lose. I don't even think you lose that much in terms of trunk space back seat. For sure, the Civic you, is better. Yeah, you you lose a lot um, in terms of the back seat. The back seat, yeah, but it will be hard to to pit this because the Mazda ultimately is still a more premium feeling car, despite being a few years older. Yeah. Um. So, so if yeah, you are looking, no so if you're looking at a Civic hatchback, buy one now. Uh, get a 2021. It looks better. You get a better base engine. It's gonna be priced better. And just, yeah, just do that. <laughs> well, no, the interior on a new one is a lot nicer. The infotainment it, is a lot less buggy. It, it is, but like, I don't know. I, no, okay. wait for the CRV is is really. Like, yeah, but then the price of that's going to go up as well. I don't know. I it's, think the CRV, they cannot go up that much because. Ultimately, it's still got to be Rav Four price. <laughs> we right? we thought about the same thing about the Civic Hatch, but clearly, <laughs> well, it's a less okay. So, the thing about this compact hatchback market is Golf's out of the picture. Corolla doesn't sell any cars, um, right? So it, it's really just this and the Mazda Three, um, and so it's not as competitive because Mazda does not have that weight to their name it's a no. smaller dealer network yeah. but crv has to compete with rav4 mm -hmm. and so yeah. that's going to keep its price reasonable they cannot be four grand more than a comparable rav4 um well let's hope so i mean we'll see I don't when think, the time comes but... i don't think they have a choice there uh rav4 is already a bad value for money in that market, <laughs> like <laughs> as far as MSRP goes, but Toyota and Honda always have to be uh, very much on the same page as far as pricing goes. But because the Corolla is not not really real competition, uh, yeah, they, they can price it a little higher. Yeah, no, I get yeah. what you mean. No, and this interior is is way nicer in the Corolla's interior too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Let's be honest, Corolla interior is pretty hot garbage <laughs> i saw a tiktok this morning it was like guy hi i'm very lucky to uh drive a 2021 corolla today i'll uh, talk about all the reasons uh you should pick this over the competition thank you that's <laughs> just the end of the video it's like there's, there's no reason nothing. <laughs> i i uh, yeah i have one friend that has one and that's about it <laughs> Isn't he trading it as well? Oh, no, no. Oh, sorry. That friend's getting rid of it. But I have another oh. friend that got the base model. Oh. And he just tells me, oh, well, the lease is very cheap. The insurance is very cheap. The cost of ownership is very He doesn't really care about what car he drives. Mm -hmm. um, and should have got a Prius then. It's just 
extremely affordable from well prius lease payment being a thirty thousand dollar car versus a twenty thousand dollar car it, there's there's a big oh i thought you can get a cheaper no i was thinking like the c can you still get the c oh uh the c is the c is actually worse like oh. the c is the C is very overpriced right now. I don't think you can still get a C. Use C's, they're asking 1820, basically. Oof. Like high teens. Uh, whereas you can get a base model Corolla for 20. Um, mm. And the base model Corolla will make it up hills. Whereas the C, <laughs> Prius C will not. I used to commute in a Prius C uh, up to SFU and it struggled up hills uh, worse than my IQ. Uh, and definitely worse than a Corolla. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely don't make the Cs anymore. The yeah, cheapest it's dangerous Prius. on the highway. Honestly, the C... I, people ask me about it because it, it's a it's a decent-looking... It's, it's pretty good-looking. It's a be. practical car. It's, yeah. it's amazing on gas, right? You'll get under 5 liters per 100K yeah. uh, without really trying, but it it's dangerously slow, that car. Um, that's my only, you know, if you're if you're only commuting in an urban environment, you never have to go on the highway. I think it's okay, um, but it's it's it feels very cheap inside, and it is very much an A to B city car. Yeah, absolutely. I, did I don't know, know how the... we ended up and talking about the Prius C, but yeah, but it, it is what it is. Let's move back because uh, we got to talk about yeah, the RDX. Back on topic, RDX. So gets a little facelift, very okay. subtle facelift. Okay, so Acra, as you may all know, is uh, owned by Honda. The you know same corporation, um, same people that gives you the very, very minimally updated TLX and all these bland cars. Well, not bland. They're okay, but the new TLX is kind TLX of nice. pretty good. Uh, but okay, so this is the 2022 RDX. It was introduced back in 2019, so it's been four years. Um, what have they update? The front bumper, and that's really it. Visually, anyways, I mean, there's software changes to the all-wheel drive system, transmission, all that good stuff. But like visually, the only difference is the slit underneath the headlight is different than the old one and it's more in line with the mdx and that's really it like there's nothing on the side there's nothing in the back it's just the front bumper i think stuff. the wheels changed a little bit yeah but uh, like, wheels have to change and wheels generally change every two three years anyways like there's there's nothing that says this is a, a new vehicle other than potentially the paint job yes but i mean this car is has not been around that long so they're they kind of it's his fourth um, year oh true i guess it, that is it, halfway. It's, it's been long enough but we just don't see enough on the road because it's yeah. not popular no it is popular it's not as popular as the previous generation oh okay. the previous generation rdx was a, a, a really good but hit this is still Acra. the sales leader it is it's their sales in, leader no this is the sales leader in its class but what's this class? This and the, the NX. NX and like no the Infinity, the, the really, really crappy Infinity. Nice catch. Uh, Lincoln's got a really crappy car. <laughs> the no Cadillac's one, got a really crappy car. <laughs> no one remembers Cadillac or or Lincoln in terms uh, yeah, of this market space. Oh, the Buick is very nice. Yeah. Once again, no one's gonna. But remember. no one buys it. But the RDX <laughs> is the volume leader. 
fight. I think it's a good car. It's it's a fine car, but they they not they're not doing anything to it. It the, they, they never up- do. It's the same engine. It's well, no, not as a K series engine, which K has been around for a while. I, um, I just hope that they did something more to it. I noticed Dude. something about this car though. They added uh, power folding mirrors uh, to the advanced package now. I don't. Is it called the advanced package in Canada, or is that just? I the US? think it's different. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, power folding mirrors. It's a trend that we're seeing with some new cars. Uh, I I don't know if it's because just traffic is getting worse. Uh, because power folding mirrors in Asia and Europe is is the norm. Like everyone yeah. has it, even on very small cars. Like a Suzuki Jimny has power folding mirrors, but in North America, it's never been needed per se. Um, but now we're seeing it in our North American models. Yeah, you can get it in the 2021, the elite yeah. version. Not even the top top trim, but second from the top, you can get power folding mirrors on the 2021. You don't have to ah. wait for 2022 to get power folding mirrors. Ah, maybe that's a U.S. difference then, because I was it just reading be. the U.S. press release, because maybe they didn't really feel the need to add it in. Uh, we have three new colors. Yay. <laughs> okay, these new colors are better than the orange, okay, that the one orange, of my neighbors has. Orange, it's actually kind of cool. Okay, so the orange you know, and this... I see blue. that car every day. The <laughs> orange PMC edition. So the, the PMC is the it's essentially where the NSX is made. So it's a special factory. And these RDXs and MDXs that are these PMC editions, they actually get, well, I remember the blurb saying that they were actually crafted by the same people that made the NSX, like handcrafted. I don't know how much of that is true. What it's they probably true because those guys have nothing to do. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like NSXs are flying off the shelves, right? It's like, hey, we're, we're bored. Send some cars over here. Yeah. Like, let's, right. let's paint some cars for you. <laughs> we sold we sold three cars this month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I, the PMC is pretty cool. The blue looks pretty nice. It's the same blue that's in the NSX. Um, I think it's called the Long Beach Blue Pearl, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool in terms of the color itself. Uh, but that's really it. Um, oh, there's a Phantom Violet Pearl. You can get the uh, A spec package on the Advance now. So, like, Advance is the top trim in the US. Um, getting the A spec kit makes a lot of sense because the A spec is like their sportier lineup, right? Uh, it comes with like dark tinted tail lights and blacked out bits and pieces. Um, and interior is a little different. Generally, you get sportier. You get the red seats. seats. Yeah. And they always look good, but you can never get all the features. In yeah. Canada, you can get the Platinum Elite, which is the top trim, and you can get it with the adjustable dampers. But you can't get it with the A-Spec, which doesn't Makes make no sense. sense. <laughs> so now, hopefully in Canada, they weren't very specific on this, but at least in the US, you can get the A-Spec trim, so you can make it look cooler, with the advanced pack. Hmm. That is pretty cool. But I think nice. that's really all I got to say about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay, so the update is there to keep people interested in this car and to, to sell it, basically. And because the competition is not that fierce, although the NX is coming. The uh, NX is going to be great. 
the NX is to gonna be. be pretty solid, and the NX has got the hybrid stuff, and um, you got four think, different powertrains on the NX. So I feel like the RDX more appeals to that traditional North American buyer, whereas the the NX is more for those that buy the Japanese brands. Um, I I, I kind of feel that way with the current models as well. Um, Oh, wireless Android Auto is coming. I don't know if the old one had that. I think I had to plug it in before. But yeah, so wireless CarPlay and wireless Android Auto. Which makes sense because the MDX has it and it's the same infotainment. So they just mm-hmm. update it across the board. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's it. about it. <laughs> that, that's really it. Let's move on to another Honda that Honda doesn't really care about. Yeah, uh, another, another well thought through update. Um... <sighs> And another uh, product planning swing and possibly a miss. So, okay. So the Passport was released, I think, like three years ago now. It's been three or four years. I can't remember exactly how long. Um, I took one uh, brand new one to the Ridge Motorsport Parkway when we had a track day. I think that's about three years ago now. Um, It's a fine car. The Passport is basically a Honda Pilot with the bum chopped off uh, to make it from a seven passenger or eight passenger, I should say, uh, to a five passenger. passenger. (laughs) And that's really it. That's really the only difference between the two vehicles. Um, The Passport also is raised about an inch compared to the Pilot. uh, And it was standard with 20 inch wheels, which when that came out, like it just didn't really make sense. Like why would you get 20 inch wheels on the vehicle that you're marketing as like the, the off road vehicle? Yeah, like the off road ready. Adventure. It just didn't yeah. make sense. Um, for 2022, what Honda has done here is they gave it a pig nose, which is lifted straight from the ridge line. So you get a ridge line front end. They say everything from A pillar Ford is brand new. You kind of have to with the grill and everything. The hood is new because it incorporates the larger grill. It actually is raised quite a bit. And the fender is the same thing. It's just raised on the side. The overall shape is exactly the same as it been before. The only real difference here compared to the old model is, of course, other than the new front end and your rear bumper, is you get 18-inch wheels. That's it. The new rear bumper, I, I quite like. Um, I think the front end, it's a needed update as well because having it look identical to the pilot was kind of it, kind of defeat the purpose of it. It was a little different than the pilot, if I remember correctly. The, yeah, head, very slightly. Yeah. It, but it's so slim that most people won't notice. Um, the headlight was different. And the grill was different. Headlight and yeah. the grill was different. That was it. This is the worst selling vehicle in its segment, I just confirmed. Well, what segment? Well, they, they consider all, it's, it's still, it's a midsize. So it's still actually in line with the uh, pilot. Oh, okay. Um, technically, but also like the Grand Cherokee. Grand Cherokee sells a lot still, despite being 10 years old. Yeah. Um, Santa Fe is also in that, in that class. Wait, this is worse than the Ford Edge? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So okay. So uh, 
2021 Q Q2 of 2021, the Edge sold 2,444 models. Um, Passport 699, so one quarter of Edge sales. That's how bad this is. The only one worse is the uh, Pathfinder, but the Pathfinder is on its way out. Uh, the these are cars that you've you would never really consider. The Buick Enclave does better in the Passport. The Chevrolet Blazer does better in the Passport. <laughs> Blazer the, too. <laughs> yeah, the Blazer <laughs> does better. The Trailblazer does a lot better in a Passport. Um, so the Bronco Sport is doing really well. Wow. The, yeah, um, the Bronco Sport's really popular. Um, so yeah, the the Passport is is quite the flop because the sales figures are just aren't there and i don't know it's it's really hard to pick it over a pilot because the price difference is it's minimal it's minimal and you lose all that practicality yeah and what do you gain you gain a spacer lift and a bit better breakover angle which does not matter no 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 break breakover is the exact same wheelbase is the same oh it's just departure angle is better I guess no. With the spacer lift, you're. Oh, bit... with the spacer lift. Okay, I see. Yeah, that the minimal difference there. The minimal difference there. And a little bit better off road ability. Can we talk also about the tires? Um, they're the same cheater tires that the Ridgeline has. Um, and what I mean by cheater tires is they're they're regular passenger tires, but they look kind of rugged and off road on the side, because they're specially developed for the Ridgeline as well as the Passport to make it look more off-road ready when in fact it really isn't yeah i, I mean we see a few manufacturers do this uh yokohama does one falcon does them and they all just have aggressive sidewall lugs uh and technically technically they're all terrains i don't know if these have the uh what should i call it the winter severe winter raining that that uh, some some of these fake all-terrain tires have uh, Firestone Destination. I think this is well. That's what was on the uh, Ridgeline HPD was a Firestone Destination, which I don't know why anyone would would pick that tire. But if you Google a picture of the Firestone Destination LE, I think it's called, that's where you can see the more aggressive sidewall lugs. They don't go anywhere because it it it, it sticks out horizontally on the sidewall of the tire but then you look at the tread and it's just there's just flat regular passenger tire yeah (laughs) exactly so they're not really gonna get you anywhere off-road um it's just for the look and and you know what that is kind of what the passport is for uh to be to be fair no difference in size same diameter as before which is a like a 29 and a half inch tire um Um, the what else was it? Um, they said that it has a wider track for better stability. The wider track is just really due to the spacing of the wheels. That's that's really where your wider track comes in. There's, n- I, I'm 100% sure there's like no suspension changes on this. There's no skid plates that were added. It's just this whole trail sport thing. It's just to give it a little bit more aggressive well, in terms of marketing. Did you read the trail sport uh, press release though? says the trail sport will further enhance the off-road capability of our vehicles in the future just not in the present maybe in the future but not right now <laughs> i i did read their blurb that said like of like so many years of experience we've 
pass this on to the brand new trail sport. <laughs> what experience? Like, their experience in making like ATVs and UTVs, like, is that what they mean? I, I, I don't have a problem with the passport. I think it's a decent car for what you're getting. I don't think these updates yeah. are good enough to make it call a trail sport. I don't think a passport is the the. I don't think you should S- be going on a road like this picture in a passport because it does not have real skid plates. It has garnishes on the front and rear bumper painted silver to look like skid plates. Yeah. But looking at the rocks and the size of some of these holes in this picture, like uh, you could you could do a lot of damage to your passport if you actually took it. Uh, to a road like this yeah. in the press release. I really like this uh, press photo as well. Um, there's a lot more dirt being spun up by that front <laughs> wheel than the rear. Just to tell you, it's still a front wheel drive vehicle. Like even with that super, no, not super. VTM, VTM4. IVTM4, yeah. It's the same guts as super handling all wheel drive. It's just the software is different, which is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, but that dirt is fake. That, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that dirt, the dirt being kicked up in their their press photos, I'm pretty sure it's just photoshopped in, because the car is too clean. You don't, yeah. you, when you take a car out on a, a press shoot, you don't want to get it too dirty because, no. Yeah. So when you take it out of the press shoot, um, you bring a detailer with you with um, well, the, with uh, the microfiber detailer. and yeah. I I've gone on a shoot or not gone. I've seen a shoot, I should say, um, for an off road vehicle. It was a Lexus. GX, I think. Um, they wanted this picture on the creek. They washed the entire, like, spray washed it, and then very carefully parked it on the creek, and then have the guy wipe it down again. It was quite intense. But let's move on, because Honda's probably not too happy with us bashing this as much as we already have. Yeah, that's three Honda stories so far and three <laughs> not very promising updates to yeah. their lineups. Uh, speaking of like a promising update though, I think the Ford Expedition, kind of a forgotten SUV, but again, it's a market leader. Mar- what? <laughs> keep saying what market? Okay, okay. there's this okay. and the Tahoe. So full-size SUVs, are not that popular here in Vancouver. But the market, North America-wise, there is a demand for them in sort of a full-size, three-row, body-on-frame SUVs. Um, And Jeep is coming to the market soon with their Wagoneer L or a Wagoneer. Yep. Grand Cherokee has their long wheelbase one. Yeah, there's a Grand Cherokee L, but that's just like a... It's still body on, not body on frame, it's unibody for Grand Cherokee L. So that's more towards the Explorer. The mm-hmm. Expedition's more towards uh, Wagoneer. Wagoneer. Okay. And then the Grand Wagoneer is like Navigator, kind of. Yeah. So they're, Ford is comparing themselves to Jeep because technically not a uh, luxury brand, although Jeep is going towards that direction mm-hmm. um, pretty obviously. Uh, but yeah, the expedition gets a new update facelift for 2022. Uh, two main new models uh, or new trim levels, I should say. The Timberline, which I am absolutely in love with. We saw this before on the Explorer, but I like it even more on the Expedition. 
Um, lots of green, which is <laughs> one of my favorite colors on any car. Yeah, <laughs> such a favorite that you forgot you had a car that was green. Yeah. Um, I love the green interior. I love the orange contrast stitching inside. Um, but basically, this Expedition Timberline, it's that kind of off-road package, off-roady, overlandy package. It's not, you know, necessarily that rock crawling SUV that you, you know, like a Land Cruiser. Yeah. But it is. Um, I mean, it's a lot better than a Passport Trail Sport. <laughs> like okay so what did we get here we got 33 inch goodyear wrangler territory at tires so legitimate all-terrain tire this is not a a, a poser tire this is the, <laughs> the same kind of tire they're putting what on the uh the trx gets these i think uh and a lot of the the, the hot new off-road specials the come zr2 that we talked about last week has the same tire as uh, well Oh, uh, the ZR2 got mud terrains, if I remember correctly. This one's got oh, the all-terrain right. yep. version. No, but still the Goodyear uh, territory. territory. Yep. So it's 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 promising. It's a real, like a a, a genuine tire that's 33-inch, which is a pretty big tire on a, a full-size SUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Land Cruiser is up there. Um, and what's kind of unique about this well there's a few things uh higher ground clearance so 10.6 inch ground clearance i'm not sure what they're using to achieve that aside from the uh the bigger tires but it's a one up versus the wagoneer which is 10.0 inches um you know the wagoneers hasn't really hit the showroom floor yet i don't believe they might have taken some pre-orders i think the wagoneer is the first jeep a recent Jeep not to have a trail, trail rated, rated badge. So, I mean, who knows? In the future, they may get one, yeah. right? But, 10 inches ground clearance is not bad on a, on a full-size well, regardless. I mean, but they have to one on the Passport, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the Passport does not have solid axles and, and whatnot. Um, and it's got real skid plates. So heavy-duty skid plates supposedly lifted right off the Raptor. Because I guess it has very similar... Uh, front end design the, mm. the subframes um, so heavy duty skid plates from the Raptor so you know that's going to take a beating if you were to take it on where that passports photos were taken uh, this should be a lot better mm-hmm. uh, trail turn assist which we first saw it on the Bronco which basically plays with the uh, what the active differential to give you a little bit better uh, maneuverability off-road is a trail turn assist the one that they actually break that wheel i don't know if they break it yeah i think so it's the torque vectoring basically so it's just like no, brake torque vectoring but because i speed. saw i saw on the bronco the full-size bronco there's a motor yeah. i can't remember exactly what it's called but with it enabled it, it uses the the mechanical brake not like yeah uh, the the differential it uses a mechanical brake to break that wheel so that you can have a tighter steering angle. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think it would be the same compared to like their normal torque vector, the brake torque vectoring that you find, you know, back on the ST models. Um, this is the same idea, I guess, is yep. that if you Just can more hold that one wheel uh, and add low speed, because that's yeah. that's a high speed version. This is a low speed version right? Um, to give you that that maneuver, because typically with a limited slip or locking differential, you're going to have a really hard time. 
with a traditional four four by four system. But uh, yeah, pretty neat there. So yeah, legitimate off-road capability in this. It's not just like a styling package. It looks good. Not you know, not to not to take credit away. It looks awesome. I, yeah, I think it, I think it looks really cool. Like the expedition. Let's be honest. It's a forgotten SUV these days because there's not a lot of them on the road. At least here in Vancouver, there really isn't. Um, I've seen a lot more the newer Tahoes and Suburbans more than mm-hmm. the Expedition because the Expedition, like, especially like the outside, I don't think it's too bad looking. I think the outside is fine. Even the older, like the current generation, the 2020 ones, um, I think it's fine looking. It's just when you get inside, it's lifted right from an F-150. And nothing wrong with that, but in an SUV, you just want something a little bit more, I don't know, passenger friendly rather than more industrial looking. Um, And for 2022, they definitely have updated that. It looks quite a bit better. There's two like infotainment options. There's a smaller screen and you can get the bigger one that's lifted out like from the Mach-E. Both Hmm. look actually like they fit inside the vehicle. Um, So yeah, I definitely think it's a much better interior as well, which, of course, people care about these days. Yeah, I think the Mach. Oh, I just had my first experience with the Mach E. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I had a customer bring one in the other day. That car drives very traditional. I, yeah, I, um, all the controls are where you know, despite the giant tablet, which is mm-hmm. not hard to use, really. Uh, it's just there's no hard buttons, but it's it's fairly intuitive. I think the shifter is very normal. The the start button is where you'd expect it to be. Everything is a little bit new school, but it's it's very much uh, user friendly. I think like the door handle to open the door is a little round, little round button, but it yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel weird to use it. That's good. Um, it's it's less weird than I think even like the Model Three's backwards hinge door handle mm. thing uh that's you, you know, have to shove a thumb in there thing. yeah yeah so uh yeah just a brief segue into the the mach e but uh <laughs> no back to the expedition i like what they've done with the interior i think i don't know why the f-150 doesn't have the screen it doesn't make um, sense not yet yeah but the lightning has it oh true so the lightning yeah. has it so you know, we may see it in the future. I think yeah. it's going to be an upgrade. That's if you go back to Expedition, uh, the normal one. So this is the Timberline interior trim. It's got that silver trim because, uh, you know, they don't want to go too luxury with it. The only, the weird spec I found, they had one with the interior trim where it looks like just recycled plastic, oh. which I thought was kind of weird. Not this one, but... Not the Platinum? Yeah, I think just the regular... The regular expedition probably has, yeah, maybe the stealth, but uh, one, yeah, I think that one there on the top left, um, it has like, it has like this weird texture oh, to it. Yeah. I don't hate it, but I don't like it either. Right. The stealth edition. Okay, so the stealth edition is the other new model, uh, coming to the expedition lineup, and this is to compete with the uh, Chevy. RST, which is that all blacked out, uh, kind of hot roddy looking uh, version of the Tahoe. Uh, um, blacked out trucks. Yeah, blacked out truck. Uh, this one is not that blacked out, to be to be fair, but it's got 
um, you know, it's got like a sportier suspension. Uh, what else is it? That's about it. It's just kind of like a sportier looking bumper. It's got kind of that ST look to it. I'm, I'm sorry. Expedition, like the it doesn't make that sense. And sporty, there's, there's no, you can't put those two together. I think it's for that street truck vibe, right? Like, so if you're going for that more urban, you know, soccer romp, kind of, kind of look like that, you know, this car's not going, you know, out, out of the city. Um, it's kind of a cool look, and it kind of has like a uh, police interceptor vibe to it too, because it's all because blacked it's all out. Blacked out, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not a bad trip. My choice would still be the Timberline. I think the Timberline looks way cooler, uh, and both of them get the three point five twin turbo EcoBoost engine, mm. which is a powerhouse. Like, okay, so the 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 Chevy makes. The Chevy RST, you can only get that with a 5.3. Uh, and the Wagoneer is still using the Hemi engine, which is quite dated now. So this is probably going to beat out those two in terms of city fuel economy. And as far as outright power, 440 horsepower, 510 pounds-feet of torque. It's, it's, pretty good. it's impressive. I think it will carry, what, eight people easily and their luggage and if you get it with the heavy duty trailer tow package it'll tow over nine thousand pounds which i think that's kind of all you really need in a uh full-size suv you know yeah, um, nine thousand is a lot it's a lot and i think to me this makes more sense than a pickup truck you know a lot of people a lot of families are moving towards a full-size pickup truck this you know, without the extra length of a pickup truck, uh, a little bit better insulation than a pickup truck. I think with the off-road package, I think it just, it has that same macho look and feel to it. I would definitely consider something like this over an F-150. Mm-hmm. Uh, just my my two cents. Yeah. Um, and it's got, oh, it's got uh, Pro Trailer Backup Assist 2.0. Uh, I have the 1.0 version, I guess, on my F-150. It's like it's really hard to set up. I bought the the Target stickers you have to stick on your trailer, and I still couldn't get it programmed properly. Uh, so I've never used it, and I can't. I just don't back up my trailer, and I just don't get into that situation <laughs> because if I do, I will get stuck, or I'll have to unhitch and, and push it by hand. Oh, um, so with the 2.0 version. It now uses the parking sensors rather than those tape-on targets. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of neat. Another Should cool be- thing with the Expedition is getting Ford Blue Cruise, which is the hands-free okay. driving. I don't think Chevy or GMC have it yet. Escalade has it. Um, yeah, the Super but, Cruise. But I don't think their their normal non-luxury brand SUVs get it. Now, Not in terms yet. of sales figures, the Expedition is just kind of in between the two GM twins, um, both in Canada and in the U.S. Now, in the U.S., the GMC is not as popular as the Tahoe, uh, but in Canada, we like the, the Yukon better, I guess. Uh, a little bit better luxury features. Uh, I'm surprised the Expedition still sells that many because the new interior on both the Tahoe and the Yukon was a lot better than yeah. uh, the outgoing Expedition. Um, and even on a new one, I'm 
I'm not convinced that this is a better interior than the Yukon and the Tahoe. I think they really thought that car out. Yeah. Um, that like, it's not just the center console, right? It's it's the whole the three row experience uh, on the GM trucks is really good. Um, and um, you know what else is in the segment? We've got the Armada, we've got the Sequoia, and then the upcoming Grand Wagoneer. So. That's the Sequoia is kind of an interesting one to note, right? Sequoia is a really forgotten SUV. Even <laughs> when it first came out 13 years ago, it, uh, it wasn't that popular. They added a TRD Pro trim to it. It looks pretty cool. But obviously, the- moving into our next story, um, the full-size Toyota is getting a major refresh. Yeah. No, re- major redesign, actually. Com- say complete. Redesign redesign from bottom up this is the 2022 toyota tundra um brand new vehicle after 14 years uh you drop the v8 so you don't get that i force v8 anymore it's a three and a half liter twin turbo six makes 389 horse 479 pound feet of torque and with an optional i force max which is their hybrid mm. 437 horsepower and 583 pound-feet of torque. That engine is actually quite interesting because that engine is going to be competing against F-150's power boost, which is their version of the hybrid. And Toyota has more power and torque than Ford. But it doesn't actually translate to more towing or payload as it actually can't compete against the Americans. Yeah, um, It's better than the... Uh, the Nissan Titan, but you know whose isn't uh, <laughs> the, but the the Tundra just it just can't tow as much, and it can't haul as much as the big three. But I think it's still fine because you know twelve thousand pound um, towing yeah. is still a whole lot. It just needs to meet the needs of your average half ton buyer, right? Because if you're towing over 10,000 pounds on a regular basis, you should not be looking at half ton regardless. Yeah. Even though uh, some will say 12,000, 13,000, uh, if you're towing that much, just get a heavy duty um, if you really need that kind of towing capacity, if that's going to be a deal breaker for you. Mm-hmm. But you know, earlier reports were that the Tundra had a really low payload rating, like comparable to the midsize, like the Ford Ranger. But Toyota's yeah, kind of come out and, and corrected that. And they're like, it's no, the it's... wrong sticker or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So the, the, the GVRW w. sticker, yeah. um, that one was wrong. Um, um, yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about exterior styling first. Um, Do you want truck with your grill? It's, it's okay, Toyota Toyota's famous for putting enormous grills on the cars um if we take a look at the avalon trd that thing it's all grill on the front the i mean sienna people, is all grill <laughs> people complain about bmw but toyota has it much worse i honestly think toyota is the worst uh, ironically the only bmw without a giant grill and the only toyota without a giant grill <laughs> is the supra the supra and z4 <laughs> <laughs> exactly now, the 4 series has a giant grill every x model has a giant grill uh, uh the forerunner has a giant grill the but the giant grill does differ depending on which model yes. you choose 
um, because there's the SR5, there's the Limited, there's the TRD Pro, uh, the 1971, I think it was. They, they all differ in terms of what that grill looks like. I don't think it's 1971. It's 19-something. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, I can't pull that up right now, but it's it's nineteen something. I can't remember. Anyways, it's, <laughs> I'm just throwing numbers out there. Um, the grill does change. Um, if you get a TRD Pro, you get a light bar built in, but the light bar doesn't have a cover, which means that you're going to get hassled by cops constantly um, because you know cops are just going to look at that light bar and be like, "Hey, you got a light bar? You got no cover on it? Here's a ticket." Like <laughs> it's gonna happen. The TRD Pro is pretty unique and a lot of the plastic, it has this like camel effect on it. You see that on like the, a lot of the different plastics, like on the fender flares, you also see that on the interior as well. It's kind of got that forged carbon look. Sure. Let's call it that. It's kind of got that expedition art or stealth edition interior plastic trim it, look. It kind of <laughs> has that look. It's, it's sort of weird. Um, the overall vibe of the vehicle is very truck-like. Like it's it's very upright. All the parts of it um, reminds me a little bit of like the Silverado in a way, which I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, the taillights, uh, I'm not in love it's with. It's very yet. GMC AT4. Okay, from the rear three quarter, I think the the, the C shape that was really uh, on the, the, the GM trucks. And I think the jagged lines are very GM. Uh, it doesn't, the, the rear little spoiler thing thingamajig on the on the tailgate looks odd too. Yeah, why is that um, black? And why this is thing the, is overstyled. Why is the bumper black, but the corner of the bumper isn't? Yeah, the part that you'll actually like scratch up. It, yeah. Yeah, well, let's paint that. But then... <laughs> it's a little weird and the trd pro gets a humongous trd pro stamping on the tailgate you don't get trd pro on the sides like the foreigner the tacoma but it gets enormous trd pro stamping on the tailgate so you lose tundra you get trd pro on the back just to show what others you know to show to others exactly what you bought um you still get the roll down wear window that is still available great feature do love that it's kind of controversial in terms of the looks. I don't mind it too much, but you got to see it in, in, in real life before I make my <laughs> final judgments. I don't like the front end of this truck. I think the old one was was a good-looking truck, and it's a one that aged very gracefully, uh, you know, given the facelifts. That it, it, it needed a facelift at some point, and they gave it uh, yeah. a pretty distinct facelift that just made it look more modern. This one, it, it's just a little bit too bizarre, but I think they are going for that more out-of-the-box buyer that's not going straight to the the, the big three, right? Um, but it is a peculiar-looking truck. Yeah. It's, yeah. You either the, love it or you hate it. <laughs> What's nice is the inside. We can all agree that it's, it, it's definitely quite a bit better uh, than the outgoing truck for sure. Yeah, uh, there's still Built some for like, this decade. Yeah, there's still some like older Toyota bits and pieces, like the steering wheel, the buttons on the left. That's very typical Toyota stuff. Uh, but the center stack is quite different, and you get a standard 14-inch uh, infotainment unit here. It looks great. 
it does it definitely looks great and there's a dedicated volume button that i can see right below there's a whole roll of buttons for your climate control and other stuff like it's a functional interior but doesn't have like the f-150 gimmicks like it doesn't look like you can fold that uh shifter down you can't have a workbench in the center mm-hmm. you know it's missing a few of those items it's a bit more of a passenger car slash suv experience than your traditional again your traditional truck buyer um yeah, they, they, they go in and they, they give you all these features. Whenever you see a new Ram or the F-150, I think this generation F-150, particularly uh, the interior gadgets was was kind of a big uh, a big thing for it, like the, the fold-down shifter and stuff. They didn't update the exterior that much, no. I feel like. and uh, But and even the interior look was very similar, but they added kind of more thoughtful features this one is very much like if you didn't really want a truck but you're used to like an suv i feel like you might like this yeah the The controls are all tiny too the trd pro is quite red oh the dash is very red the door cards have red the seats are all red you, you have to be a particular type of person to love this interior. Yeah, you've got those PC principle sunglasses, the, the tinted, uh, <laughs> the guy from, from, from South Park, uh, those Oakleys. Like, you're that guy if you, if you like the TRD Pro trip. Um, um, you get the Toho mode. You get, um, I think you get crawl control as well. Yeah, you get crawl control. There is a rear diff lock. Um, on certain models and there's a button on the dash to activate that rather than by the uh the, the switchable mode yeah and, and of course on the foreigner on the sunroof that's a little weird um on different models you can get adaptive dampers so electronically oh. a, uh, a controlled adaptive dampers i'm thinking that's probably on the platinum because you want a softer ride maybe a little bit more sportier ride probably on the uh the platinum trim on the trd pro I don't think you'll have that because it looks like there's Fox shocks. Mm. And just from what I can see in the pictures, I don't think they're electronically controlled, yeah, but no. we can, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, there's also going to be um, uh, air shocks for the rear. So that way you can have a more level ride if you're going to be, you know, hauling and towing and all that good stuff. Um, for the hybrid model, there's no pictures of it, but they say the battery is underneath the rear seats. Hmm. So I don't necessarily know if it's within the cab or underneath within the chassis. Don't know that just yet. There's no detail information on that. Hmm. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, most Toyota hybrid batteries are underneath the uh, rear, uh, the rear seats anyways. Bench, yeah. But this is the only one that's body on frame. So We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know what this photo is. Um, <laughs> it almost looks like there's a release for the tailgate. At oh, the yes, tailgate. there is. Yes, I saw it on one of these videos. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's how you open the, the tailgate. Uh, Not the only way, though, right? Not the only way. No. Okay. Okay. Why? Yeah, so It's like if you're carrying groceries, you don't want to, like, I don't know. This is easier. Just elbow it. It's, it's two inches higher on the tailgate that much harder than a button that's on the side? I... 
I, I don't see the need for this, but I think, you know, like a lot of things, we got to see it in real life before we can really fully judge it. But I just, I don't see the usefulness here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. And it's, I don't know if that gets replaced with your taillight, like, which is, you know, one of the most frequently broken pieces. Items or, on a truck. Yeah. yeah, that you'll need <laughs> to replace because of uh, legal concerns. Um, I don't know, this truck, Okay, when I first saw it, I I definitely liked it. Mm-hmm. And then the more I see it and the more I see the other trims, I just like it looks it is it's very hard to 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 commit to this look, I feel like. Yeah. They it it does I see the Toyota elements. Yeah. Um and they've taken that grill design that we've seen on the uh uh the forerunner. And they kind of just hit expand on it, uh, and I, I just, it's just, it's just really bizarre. And it's just, I thought the point was to make this truck more mainstream, and take some of that market share that 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 the big three has always held on to. Mm-hmm. But when I see this truck, it's it's just a bit too polarizing. You know, the big three know what they're doing. Ram knows what they're doing uh even the new silverado they know what they're doing um ford obviously number one um definitely know what they're doing and they always go with a handsome but but restrained design even when you go with the all-out models the raptors the trx's they're not that polarizing like they're generally like a very pleasant to look at vehicle and this just i think it's it's very overstyled like this is i think it's a bit much i think it i don't know if it, this is going to help its cause um, i think the styling the worst part about it is it won't last the 15 years yeah exactly but maybe they'll they'll i don't know it's toyota they don't really innovate. they don't refresh their cars yeah um also, the TRD Pro tires, they're, they're remarkably small. The, the opening is remarkably large, but yeah. they look like they're 33s, which it's, is the same, you know, when you see the 33s on the Expedition, you're like, damn, that looks yeah. good. And you see it on this, especially with the black fender flares, it just makes it look even smaller. Yeah. Um, they, they look like, <laughs> they, the they ground look- clearance looks very pathetic, yeah. especially in this picture. Um the side profile here with the uh the the side steps as well it doesn't yeah. look like it's the breakover looks, looks terrible yeah um so who knows i i the more i see it the less faith i have in this truck to be honest so the thing i i want to keep in mind is the, the tacoma is going to get some of this if this was scaled down I actually wouldn't mind it because yes. like I think the Tacoma being styling like, like taking styling elements from this I think I wouldn't mind it because it's not this massive truck you know being smaller and polarizing I think it's a good thing like the Bronco it's Sport fun, yeah yeah it's cute it's fun it's just different but being something so large and so in your face eh, I don't know yeah, there's there's some there's there's a, a level of commitment that comes with driving a full size pickup truck, crew cab, 
that you want that to be a, a very dependable look. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's definitely different. We'll see uh, how it does. We'll see how it does. Let's go on to the last thing here, which is the review that got posted this week. It's the GLB 35. Um, so Mercedes makes literally every single SUV you can think of. They have from A to like G in terms of SUVs. And the GLB is the second in line in terms of size. Uh, but the 35 is like the one up. It's a sportier performance type SUV. Uh, but it's not really an SUV. It's more like a hot hatch because it doesn't even have tinted windows in there because it's not classified as an SUV. Not really anyways. Um, I like this car, but the biggest thing with it is like a lot of Mercedes price. Oh, oh moving, the wrong, moving all the wrong things here. Let me pull this up here. Um, the GLB price point, the one as tested here, guess how much it is? $70,000. Oh, okay. Pretty, pretty on point. 72,000. Uh, you can get more options on top of the, what I had here to 78,000. 78. It's quite a bit. <sighs> it is. It is. But it's it's kind of that that all rounder car. Like look at those brakes. Like they're they're pretty they're pretty sweet. The, the brakes um, are okay. You can get better brakes um, that I didn't get in this. You can get like big four piston uh, brakes up front, but they didn't spec it out for this one. It's it's quite a bit of money. Um, it's three hundred horsepower, two hundred ninety five pound feet of torque, which is sufficient, I think, for a vehicle of this size. Uh, you don't need the 45, the 45 next week. And that was insane because with this, it's like it's still a, a five second sprint from zero to 60 and five seconds is more than quite enough. And with the GLB, what I loved about it is because it shaped like a, a GLS, it's very practical on the inside as well. Mm -hmm. There's tons of space. There's plenty of headroom, legroom. It's a comfortable vehicle. What what I love about it is how low it is, but also how tall it is. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's so it's so great. Like that that's amazing for practicality, and uh, yeah, this this body style has is quite charming, and the AMG version looks really good. It does. It does make it look a little bit better. I, it's just charming. I, like it's not handsome. Like it's not it's not sexy, but there's a <laughs> there is an appeal to it. Yeah. Um. You know, kind of in a bulldoggy kind of way. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's it's a bread box type design, right? Um, and I really like the the tail lights about it. Mm -hmm. It has a stormtrooper look to me. You know what's weird? They don't tint the windows on this. I literally just said that like a minute ago. But it looks really awkward in this angle. They don't tint the That's windows because they can't, because it's not classified as such because of the ride height. But can you not tint the windows? You can you can tint them, but transport. I think it was Transport Canada says you can't tint them. Oh. But you can't tint them. Go to Overdrive for your window tinting. Yeah, thing. yeah, because uh, the UX also does not have tint. Yep. But the Rav Four does, and it's yep. like yeah. it's it's because of the ride height. The GL oh. GLB two hundred and fifty that had tinted windows. GLB thirty five 
does not. That is so bizarre. Yeah, Transport Canada said this is um, a passenger vehicle, not a something Truck. else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different classification. And because of that, it can't have tinted windows uh, from factory. But can you get monoblocks from factory? No, no monoblocks. Also a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are the optional wheels that's on it, the multi-spoke 21s. Uh, these are uh, $1,200, so not too much. That's not bad for no. 21s, yeah. Yeah, but and they know. look they look awesome because they they fill out the wheel wells very nicely, unlike the Tundra. Uh, <laughs> like, I always have to roast the previous car. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good sized trunk, and it's a small car too. Yeah, very oh, easy to park. I'm sure you know, but the GLB you can get a seven passenger variant of it as well. I don't think you want that. No, you don't want it, but you can. I mean, if yeah. you're really short. Um, you, you can fit everyone in there, but like... So, you know, the GLB, smaller than a CX-5 on the outside. But <laughs> back seat, look at that back seat. Like, that's a solid amount of space. Yeah, there's it's it's <laughs> it's a very practical vehicle with plenty of headroom, plenty of legroom. It's very it's fast. It's quick. It's developed well. I like it, but it's seventy thousand dollars. It's it costs two CX-5s. It, it does cost two <laughs> CX-5s. Okay, so I just got to mention the base model is um, fifty-eight or fifty-seven, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, so like the base GLB thirty-five is not that bad, but very reasonable. But you're not walking out there with a base Mercedes because like, you will want the premium package. You, you need want comfort access or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's that's part of the premium package. You need somehow, that. Somehow, somehow it's not included like on a <laughs> the, on a AMG three sixty camera, six hundred and fifty dollars. The blue that's in here, eight hundred and ninety dollars. The AMG drivers package, two thousand dollars. Oh, you want leather? That's two thousand dollars. Like, it it adds up. It adds up quick, but that's pretty standard with most Mercedes. Nothing new there. Actually, the interior, because you said your mom has a CLA, right? Mm. How does she like it still? Oh, she loves it. Uh, still? Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just, I didn't know people. With... She has the white interior too. Like the, mm. the white inserts. That's I was just thinking... She doesn't like the white interior that much. <laughs> I was just thinking like more of the infotainment. Like if she's still okay with it. Because like, I just uh... don't know if people are loving the, the trackpad. Oh, well, she doesn't use it. Like, she, as long as she can answer her phone, mm. and as long as she can, uh, she doesn't use the navigation at all. Mm. As long as the backup camera works, as long as uh, it can tune into AM radio. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all no, she needs. The, the navigation on the MBUX, I find, is pretty unusable. Um, I, but I, there's CarPlay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think in most uh, built-in navigation, I give up on them. Oh, uh, the BMW one is great. I try it with a voice because chances is you're not standing still, you know, entering the information. I use it with a voice. Uh, most vehicles can't navigate to where I want to go without me telling it like five, six times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's really it for this week. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> 